It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys have signed Leighton Vander Esch to a contract extension. What does that mean for Micah Parsons and the rest of the linebackers? All that and more on this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter. He is at Nicole BCB. Landon, let's start with this. The Cowboys have signed Leighton Pandrush to a one-year deal. Your thoughts? I, I, I will tell you this. I, I like the money. It's a very cheap deal. Which we and should cons- bet. One year, $3 million max, according to Todd Archer. Max. Which is fantastic. you know. And I think if you looked at the way Leighton was playing near the end of the season, uh, it was much better football than we had seen at the beginning of the season, at the end of last year. Uh, I don't know if it's just more time away from some of the injury stuff that he was dealing with or a, a level of comfort back in, in a system that he was uh, more comfortable with and just kind of getting into the use to that. But uh, I think actually Leighton Vander Esch, you know, was kind of underrated last year because we had all just basically written him off to a large degree uh, and, and, and had so much excitement around Micah Parsons. But I think if you if you look at what Leighton Vander Esch can do and, and don't necessarily focus only on on, you know, some of the negative aspects of his game. Uh, I think what you find is that they got a really good deal for a three million dollar linebacker who can come in and at least plug the hole at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, and, and then the upside there is that a guy like Jabril Cox comes back and, and, and steals that spot from Leighton Vander Esch. And $3 million is, is, is the amount of money that it doesn't prohibit something like that from happening. No, all right. Let's first talk about the player before we get to the contract, yep. because I actually have a lot of thoughts on the contract. But the first two months of the season for Vander Esch were bad. He, he just did not play well. I think the Broncos game was the first time that I thought he really started to look like his former self. And over the second half of the season, you saw it in spurts. Like he had three or four games that were really good. And then he'd have a couple games that were really bad and some average games. I think his game in the wild card against the 49ers was a little bit overrated. He made a bunch of tackles, but he was okay. Um, I think he's only 26 years old, but he's probably an average linebacker, right? Would you? Is that fair? Yeah, and I think that you know um, that's kind of what the contract seems to indicate as well. And I and I think that the the the, the thing there is for the Cowboys, they know what they've got in Leighton Vanderash, and that's kind of their mo in general of why they like to sign resign these guys is that they these are the guys they know the most about. So I would definitely call uh, uh, Leighton Vanderash an average NFL linebacker at this point. I, you know, the thing is, if you look at the contract structure, and let's get into this. Let's say it's two and a half million, which seems pretty likely. I'm guessing for him to earn a max of three million, he's got to stay healthy all 17 games. He's got the Cowboys probably have to make playoffs. 
Uh, he need, maybe needs to make the Pro Bowl, but you're talking like special teams level money, like special team linebackers only. For example, Tyler Matakavich, who the Bills signed to be a core special teamer. Yeah. Uh, TJ Edwards, Nick Vigil, uh, Lennon Roberts. I mean, Chris Board. You're literally paying him to be like a special teams level linebacker, which to me says a couple of things. Number one, it's a good, de- it's a great value if he plays eight or more games this year, right? Yeah. Number two, it doesn't prevent them from doing something else in free agency or drafting a linebacker high. Number three, I don't think we should automatically assume that his spot on the roster is a lock. If it's yeah. only two and a half million dollars and he comes into training camp and he doesn't look great, you can move on. It's not going to hurt you in any way. This is a floor signing, right? Yep. This is a this is a signing to create a comfortable floor for the linebacker room. You know, we've got Leighton here. Can we improve on the position potentially uh, through the draft or through free agency, maybe? Um, but I think you know, at, at the very minimum, right now, you've got Leighton Vander Esch there, and, and and it's a I would say a better than normal signing for the Cowboys of yeah. It, it, yeah. in this kind of realm of hey, we're trying to plug holes before the before the draft, right? Like I think yeah, for, this for is what they what they usually do, right? Yeah, this this is a this is a a solid option that you could see being uh, a a solution if going into the season. Uh, with the opportunity, obviously, in the draft to maybe draft some guys that could potentially take a spot or draft some guys who could develop underneath him and be yep. ready for 2023 when, when, when he's done. I got a sneaky suspicion, though, that this isn't going to be the only linebacker they sign, right? They almost have to go out and get somebody else that can play right away just in case Jabril Cox isn't ready to go, right? I think I agree with that because – I think that that would be one of their strategies for trying to solve the edge situation a little bit better, right? It's like, right. look, if we create more depth at the linebacker positions to the point where we feel comfortable with the other linebackers that are not named Micah Parsons, that means that we can use Micah Parsons more of, mm-hmm. as a solution to uh, you know, our edge equation, which again, I, I think at this point what we've seen, they still have money to, to go out and sign one more big guy. You know, and whether that could be, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've hypothesized it could be uh, a Bobby Wagner with the idea of moving Parsons down to play more brush end or a defensive end with the idea of being able to keep Parsons in both spots really well. Right, right. Uh, we, we, I think a lot of this is going to depend on which route they decide to go with this money, right? If they decide to go get another linebacker, then I would imagine that we we're, we're not going to see a, uh, another kind of high-profile defensive end type. I think what we'll do I is agree. they'll ride with the guys they have. They'll probably draft a guy, and then they'll use the combination of Doran Sarnstrong, Golston, Micah Parsons to kind of cobble together what you need at the right defensive end yeah. position. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to one more linebacker in free agency on a one- or two-year deal. And there's names out there. I mean, we've gone over the names a million times. Bobby Wagner's obviously the biggest one. I, I just – I don't think that's probably going to get done. But if you want to go out and get – a Kazir White, uh, you know, a guy that can play the weak side linebacker and you can let Leighton play the middle, that would make sense. And if you want to go out and get somebody who knows the scheme well, like a KJ Wright, who can play multiple different positions and maybe kind of helps somebody like Jabril Cox, I think that makes sense as well. But it, it does feel likely they're going to grab somebody else. And that way they can let the draft kind of come to them because I think they want to draft a linebacker sometime on day two. But I don't think they want to have to necessarily be forced to pick one if they don't. I mean, the board doesn't line up that way. 
Yeah, and they certainly don't want to be pigeon-held to having to use Parsons at linebacker because they couldn't draft a starter-level linebacker out right. of the gate in this draft. So they, they, I agree that they're definitely going to want to add more linebackers probably through both free agency and the draft. I think the key is, is that they don't want to be forced to have to bring another starter in yes. uh, in order, you know, uh, be forced to have to hit on another starter in order to be able to play uh, Parsons, you know, kind of fluidly between defensive end and linebacker. And there are a million names out there still in free agency. And they can wait till April 1st or two weeks before the draft. And there's going to be quality guys out there. So they're not in a rush at all to go out and find that guy. So if they don't sign anybody this weekend or next week, don't worry. They're, they're going to be okay at linebacker. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. And let's uh, before we talk about Dorks Armstrong, the other guy the Cowboys signed, uh, to tell you guys about Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament season is finally upon us. From all of the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, the Cowboys made another deal official yesterday by signing defensive end Dorrance Armstrong. We talked about this uh, yesterday in the show. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the numbers. Two years, $13 million. Feels a little high to me, but what do you think? You know, I think it's a little bit more than I expected, but I also think that this is a, an ascending player. I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in Dorrance Armstrong because, you know, you've watched him develop. He came into the league very young. Uh, he played at Kansas where he was basically the only player worth a darn on his football team for a while. And I think, you know, it's a lot like you're hearing a lot of the same criticism with Dorrance Armstrong that you hear with Schultz, uh, which is, well, he didn't produce a lot early on. Well, I mean, he was stuck behind quite a few people this first few years as Schultz was as well. So I think what you're seeing now is a guy coming into his own. He's rebuilt his body. I mean, if you could look at him physically where he is now yeah. versus where he was even last year or two years ago, he looks like a completely different player. So uh, he came out and produced at a level that uh, I would say is surprising, but it's not surprising if you've been watching him in training camp these last few years. I think if anything – the what's surprising is that it finally happened right because yeah. i think that i've yeah. been through two seasons of pumping up dorance armstrong in the training camp uh situation and, and only to have it kind of fizzle out when it came to the regular season i think this year you saw dorance armstrong making plays on defense not just on special teams but being a playmaker and being difficult to block at different times as a defender so um I think that there's been some talk about, you know, like, you know, oh, he'll be a good rotational guy uh, with, uh, you know, some of the other guys, Basham and some of the other guys they have. 
I mean, I think as of right now, until they sign somebody else, Dorrance Armstrong is your starter. Well, uh, and I was going to say, just based off salary alone, yeah, six and a half million is usually a starting level player. I think he is the starter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like unless they again, like unless they bring in somebody else to kind of compete with him or a top end guy. I think the plan right now is to use Dorrance Armstrong as the starter at the position with the heavy rotation, obviously including Micah Parsons and pass rush yep. situations. Yep. Uh, you know, so I, I, I understand it's a little bit scary there because, you know, he's not necessarily proven as a starter, but if you go back and look at, you know, his, his production over the last season, he consistently produced when he was giving opportunities, it, it may have been up and down sometimes, but he was able to, you know, have, he had several games with the, or he had, I think, I think it was like three or more games of eight or more pressures last yep. year. You said yep. yesterday, I mean, like there was, there is a lot of production that he made last year. Uh, in a tight and crowded uh, defensive end room. And, and and if you look at it, I think he had two less pass rushing snaps than Randy Gregory did last year. Mm-hmm. And he ended up with like one less sack. So, you know, I, 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 I Gregory has more talent there. I'm not trying to deny that, but I, I, I think what I'm pointing, pointing out is that uh, Armstrong was able to produce at a level that was pretty similar to Gregory on similar number of pass sure. rushers. I, I think it's probably a slight, slight overpay, but nothing to get upset about, especially when the Cowboys have so much cap space, right? It's, it's not a yeah. not a big deal at all. I'll if actually, he breaks out, it becomes a huge deal, honestly. Oh, my god! If, gosh, if yeah. he breaks out, it becomes an absolute – Well, and I'll be honest. If he just plays the way that he did last year, it's, it's a fine deal. What the Cowboys really need, though, is they really need Golston to take the next step and basically Absolutely. replace Dorrance Armstrong as the third defensive end, right? Because – I think Armstrong probably could work his way up to being an average level starter. I don't know if he's there yet, but I think he could eventually get there. What they need is somebody else that when, when Armstrong and Lawrence aren't on the field, the drop in play isn't significant. And I felt like sometimes last year with Golston, it was, I, I, I maybe not as high on Golston's rookie years. Other pe- people are, but well, I, I'm curious to see how he develops in year two. Absolutely. And I think Bash, you th- throw in Basham there as well. I mean, he's he's another guy that's just another body who can give you something. So uh, I think everybody he's a is a fine fourth there. edge, right? Like that's yeah, just what exactly. he is at this point of his career. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, really quickly, before we move on to the, some of the, the other news, I thought it was really interesting today uh, looking at the Cowboys 2018 draft that they've now signed uh, four of the top five picks, and that includes Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, they did not sign Connor Williams, who all of us were so excited about when they drafted him at pick 50. They signed Michael Gallup to a contract extension. They signed Dalton Schultz to a contract extension and Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, they also got Cedric Wilson in that draft, so not too bad. Kind of looking back at it now, you know it always takes three or four years to judge a draft class, but how do you feel about that class? It's, you know, obviously a pretty decent class. I mean, I think that Leighton Vander Esch, um had an incredible rookie season and then after that you know dealt with some injury issues really his play really fall fell off and and now he's kind of you know finding his balance in there between you know the between the two cowboys thoughts on him that he's incredible and that he's terrible he's somewhere in between and and they're finding that and look he signed a very cheap deal with the cowboys i think that's a reflection on the fact that you saw more bad play than you saw a good play overall from him um, but I think that, you know, again, we saw that as he got further away from some of the injury stuff, he started to play better football. So so I, I think that there's some value there. Should, you know, should he have been the first round pick? I think it's hard to kind of 
argue that because a lot of the stuff that happened to him, you know, was injury related down the road. Yeah. Could they have anticipated that? Maybe, but I, 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 it's hard to blame them, blame them as a bad pick there when he had, yeah. he showed you so much talent his rookie year. Right. But we did know about the neck injuries kind of going into the draft. Right. And that's, that's the part of it. Now, if you want to be really nice to the Cowboys, you could say some of the picks after them weren't great anyways, between that's like true. Price, Rashawn Evans, Isaiah Wynn, DJ Moore, good players. Um, Hayden Hurst, now he's on his third team. By the way, I like the deal that Hayden Hurst got with the Bengals. I think one year, yeah. three million. I would have done that. Um, a lot of the options weren't great. And at least we know when Van Rush was healthy, he's a good player. It's just, and this is a lesson the Cowboys probably should learn linebackers, specifically pure off the ball linebackers, in anywhere in the first round are typically not a good value. It's tough. You know, I mean, I honestly, like everybody that talks about linebacker, it's not as cut and dry as, uh, you know, something like running back. Right. I think that, you know, you, well, you need, they're more important to your team than running. Let me, hold on, let me rephrase that. Oh, wow. Let me rephrase that. Linebacker, <laughs> when you have a good linebacker on your team, it could really be valuable. Like, and, I, yeah. and it's really hard to play good defense without linebackers. Right. Yes. But paying those guys is usually not a winning strategy because they just don't last very long like a running back does. And the difference between the running back and the linebacker market is there's a million running backs out there that can play. There's only a handful of linebackers that are good and weapons to your defense right now. Yeah, and that's why it's a very difficult evaluation, right? Because, I mean, more not so much the evaluation, but the valuation of the position, right? Because you yep. need good linebackers to be good on defense. Where would you get the best linebackers the first round? But sometimes by doing so, you're overpaying, and if the, they bust, if they bust hard. But uh, recently, so it really hurts. like the second round has kind of been the range, right? The Fred Warner yeah. was there, Bobby Wagner, Deion Jones. Like you can get a lot of really good linebackers in the second day of the draft. I kind of feel like that's just where you should be targeting now. And you look at this upcoming draft class, Lynn, and like it's full of day two linebackers. And as much as I love the Kobe Dean and you like Devin Lloyd, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to take those guys in round one when pick your favorite day two linebacker could be there at 56. Oh yeah, like I, I mean, honestly, uh, I would prefer not to take Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean at twenty four at this point. I mean, I just yeah. think that the the value there's going to be so many more other players that are val- more valuable to the Cowboys at twenty four. I, I think when they come up for their pick, so uh, I think that's fair. And I think it's you know you look at the way that linebackers are being used; it's kind of all over the place, a whole bunch of different body types. It makes the market really difficult. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I, I think it's good to have a bunch of them. Uh, and I think the Cowboys thought that they had a lot of good depth at the position last season. Uh, and that kind of evaporated very quickly. So, uh, just to kind of tie a bow on our 2018 draft class thoughts, you get four guys that are still on your team after, after the, the rookie contracts it typically means the draft's pretty good. Obviously we know the Cowboys like to keep their draft picks. So maybe that's influencing it as well. But Connor Williams and Michael Gallup both got pretty decent contracts in free agency. The Cowboys are going to get back comp picks for each of those guys. So 2018 draft keeps paying dividends for the Cowboys. And then you also have Mike White, who threw for 400 yards in a game, like the first guy in forever for the Jets to do that. So franchise quarterback also on a draft is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty good – listen, uh, 
The the Cow- Cowboys fans have a ton to be upset about with the way that the Cowboys handle their contracts. Like, the, I, 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 there's obviously very little argument to be made about that. Yeah, I think the Cowboys fans should be thrilled with the way that this team drafts. I mean, we're oh, one of the best teams in the all of the NFL when it comes to identifying talent. Their so, scouting department over the last five or six years has done really well at keeping them competitive, and even in years where they've missed in the first round. They've generally done a pretty good job of at least getting two or three guys that can contribute. Now, the 2019 class might be the only one that doesn't, uh, with Tony Pollard being the only noteworthy guy there. But for the most part, they're good. 2019 class was just, in general, not a great well, class. I mean, top T to B, top to bottom of the NFL. Go, go look at a team and you tell me they who had a good 2019 class. because Get right back to us. Yeah. yeah it's, it's <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take one more break to tell you guys about Built Bar. This time of year, almost everybody has already given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us. We are sticking into ours to eat right thanks to Built Bar, and it's because Built Bars are just the absolute best-tasting protein bar out there right now. They even taste better than your typical candy bar. Uh, And they're healthier. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17, yes, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your favorite candy bar, which usually has – 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They've got so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all Mm. delicious, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a couple more Cowboys-related news things we need to talk about. First, J. Ron Curse. We heard about a week ago that the Cowboys were close to the deal with J. Ron Curse, and all of a sudden, it seems like they're not close. So we've got no new news. Uh, what do you think is going on there? Uh, you know, I, I think it's a very difficult uh, uh, contract, to be honest. I, I don't know, like, you know, what the model is. I, you know, people keep talking like he's a safety, and, and I, he is, but it's, I mean, the way he plays the position is very different than a lot of other safeties, and yes. I think that that's affecting his valuation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's become, a, 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 you know, a difficult uh, a contract negotiation because, Curse is trying to get paid, and as he should, this is his, you know, first real opportunity since being in the league to put together some really great, a whole season of really great tape, uh, and he's uh, up for a contract. So this is his first chance to, to take a, a nice bite at the apple and get, you yeah. know, yeah. life changing money. So he's going to make an argument that he deserves to be paid, you know, X amount of money. And for the Cowboys, they're going to look at the situation, and go, "You're a, a safety, really in line in, in name only." Uh, you, you're mostly playing linebacker. There may be some dispute between the agent and the the team as to what that valuation would mean because of the kind of way that he plays. 
So it, I think it, because of that, it, it, the contract situation is a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as we've seen, the Cowboys have had problems with kind of <laughs> under uh, underpricing folks uh, in some of these deals. So they may be well far off, but that doesn't mean that they aren't necessarily trying to work hard to get closer and closer to a deal because I think that curse wants to stay here. And I think the Cowboys want to keep him. It's just about figuring out how to do that. Yeah. I, I think obviously the Cowboys want to keep him and I think curse wants to be here, but the problem is, is the safety market has been weird this year. For example, Marcus may, who is just a better player signed a long-term deal with the saints at $7 million per year. And that kind of set the, the cap of, the non pro bowl level safeties, right? Cause Marcus Williams was always going to get more cause he's young and he's been an all pro. And now we're waiting on guys like Tyron Matthew. What does Tyron Matthew get? Who knows? Quandre mm-hmm. Diggs, who had a pro bowl year last year for the Seahawks got 6 million a season. Terrell Edmonds for the Steelers, uh, who has started every single game was a first round pick. He's 25 years old and he's sitting out there without a contract. It seems like we just have a lot of dominoes still to go. We've got, Anthony Harris sits out there, Jabril Peppers, uh, Deshaun Gibson, who played a bunch of snaps last year, Xavier Woods, who played almost every snap for the Vikings last year, signed a $1.7 million deal with Carolina. So it feels like it's, it's going to come in somewhere between three and five million, but the Cowboys and Curse are probably just waiting to see what does the rest of the safety market look like before we do it. I mean, frankly, look at the list of names that you just listed. Those are all incredibly different types of athletes who all play an incredibly different brand of safety. So, you know, I mean, this is just a huge mess to try to sort through. Oh, well, we're not going to pay him like Marcus May because Curse doesn't cover like Marcus May. But at the same time, Marcus May is not nearly the run player that Curse is. You know, it's like it's so trying to like kind of triangulate value in this market. And then on top of the fact, like we said, Curse himself also plays the position in a very unique manner. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes very difficult math. And and I can understand why the deal is taking on. And and I also would caution, I think, in, in suggesting and, and not that you have or anyone has necessarily, but I, I would caution against the idea that because the deal hasn't happened yet, that there is like. A strong disagreement in between the two camps. What could be happening is that they are literally waiting for a couple more deals to mm-hmm. be signed to kind of be sort of guideposts for both sides. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's perfectly reasonable. There is, there's no reason to audit. I, I can understand why Cowboys fans feel this way, but there's no reason to automatically assume that just because deals aren't done right away or that it's taking a little bit of time, that it's a contentious situation. It may be, that both of these sides are waiting for more guidance on what the market is going to say a, a safety is worth. I just kind of in my head tallied the, the safeties that are out there. And there's at least 15 starting safeties that have yet to sign a contract yet. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, like, it's a lot, there's, right? There's no, there's no, there's no rush here, no. you know? I mean, because that there's that many safeties and because I think that, you know, the other thing to consider here is that I don't know if the Cowboys are interested in doing this, but I think that there's going to be some interesting choices for them at 24, maybe even at 56, if they want to go the safety route in, in, in the draft. So, uh, you know, I, th- th- like Dax Hill or, yeah, or Brisker, it, it, or any know, of these guys. Like the, so, the other thing the Cowboys have in their back pocket is they have Malik Hooker and they have Donovan Wilson already under contract. So, like, they could tell Curse, hey, we loved having you last year, but we've got somebody that kind of does the same stuff that you do. If you're not going to take our deal – that's fine. We'll just go pay Casey. We'll have our three safeties again. 
it's not a big yeah. deal. Like, I don't know. I, I think they'll eventually get it done. My guess is I, do too. I think it's going to be a three-year, 15-ish million-dollar deal, something like that. They're just haggling over that extra million dollars. Yeah, I agree. There's there's no deadline here, you know, no, like, I mean, no. you know, so they've got plenty of time to do this. And, and if both sides are truly interested, uh, they can take the time to make sure that there's a deal that's uh, equitable yeah. for both sides. And listen, if the worst case scenario happens here with the Cowboys where curse doesn't want to be here, I love, I, I love Jay Rockers. I think he was great for the Cowboys last year. You can find guys to do that role. You can. The Cowboys found J-Rod Curse last year at about this same time in free agency, right? Exactly. Go, yeah. go get Terrell Edmonds, a former first-round pick who's super athletic, or go get somebody else like that. It's I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm wrong here. Cowboys Nation's going to be all upset, but I think I think okay. that's that's possible too. But I agree. I think that, that they'll be okay. Last thing before we head out, uh, Zadarius Smith backed out of his four-year, thirty-five million dollar deal with the Ravens. Uh, I did hear that the Cowboys checked in on the medicals. They're fine with the medicals there. It's just more about the contract. Obviously I think the Cowboys would do four for 35 in a heartbeat. Uh, but my guess is that Darius backed out of the deal after seeing Chandler Jones and Von Miller get huge, huge deals. So what would you be comfortable giving Zadarius Smith? Well, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it's that I said too, right? When he backed out and everyone, the Cowboys are suddenly interested. I was like, if he backed out of that deal because he saw the deals that Vaughn and everyone was getting, why do we think that we're going to be competitive in his new market? You know, unless the Cowboys could they middle a little bit desperate? Could they middle? Okay. So basically, he got what $9 million a year from the Ravens, essentially. Vaughn got $17.5 million a year. Could you give him thirteen million a year, or give yeah. him the Gregory deal, fourteen million a year? I, I mean, I, I would say that that's certainly what I would think about doing is giving him uh, the the same deal, offering him the same deal that that Gregory had. And would see you be comfortable with that? You know, uh, if they're comfortable with the uh, with the actual uh, uh, medical aspect of it um then i i guess i am I, I don't you know i don't feel strongly about the player i think he was really good for green bay i thought he played better for green bay than i expected him to when he got so, signed yeah um so I, I i don't know if i can anticipate that level of surprise again with the cowboys when he signs with them i don't know that he's exactly the the best it, fit for what they're looking to do you know it doesn't like, feel I think, like a right end for dan quinn yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, he's more of a left end for sure. And if anything, I mean, I haven't checked, but like he seems like an inside outside guy. Like you could probably bump him in and have him rush inside. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if we're talking about directly what we're looking for right now, which is a right defensive end, this doesn't necessarily seem like a, the best fit for that. This would be a better fit if they had signed Brady Gregory and let Demarcus Lawrence go. I, I, think. I agree. Yeah. Now, I. I trust Dan Quinn. Like he's, he'd figure it out. Right. And that's, that's ultimately what gives me a lot of confidence that the Cowboys defense is going to be good is he's not just going to put Zadarius Smith on the right side and say, okay, go be Randy Gregory when that's not really his skill set, Right. He'll find ways to slant these guys and to get him matched up one-on-one against guards and stuff. And is it the perfect fit? No, but a good defensive coordinator can make all these kind of parts match. And it's, I think they'd be okay if they did it. 
Yeah, I think the, what we've seen from from uh, from the, this court did that Quinn is that that he's able to take these talents and find ways to kind of fit them onto the field in a way that makes sense, right? And like taking the talent at the defensive pass rusher position and then in the interior guys, and then mix and matching them in different gaps to kind of create all kinds of different mismatches. So uh, I, I think it would be helpful to kind of get another one of those kind of right defensive end type skill sets, just so you have a balance there. Uh, but I certainly have faith in Quinn to find a way to Absolutely. very helpfully use a player like Zadarius Smith. if he signs Yeah. Up. I mean, he's, he's familiar with these 270 pound defensive ends before he did it. He did it at Atlanta when he had Derek Shelby, who was 280. And the Seahawks did stuff like this before where they had big defensive ends and they would, he'd figure it out. Is it worth that much money? That's debatable, but I think we would figure it out. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some news about a pass rusher over the weekend. Maybe, maybe we'll get some Zedarius Smith stuff. I don't anticipate Jadavion Clowney signing anytime soon. If we've seen the Jadavion Clowney thing, it's basically. He's going to show up in July, so he doesn't have to mm-hmm. do, do all the offseason stuff, which yeah. is fine. That's why I get it. Uh, he's a he's a big skier, um, so it's what he likes to do at this time of year. Uh, really, uh, ski? I mean, that's that's uh, yeah. Not to get off on a tangent, but man, that that seems like the kind of thing that that, that would be prohibited in most NFL contracts. But that's why know. he hasn't signed with certain teams. Is maybe so. So, uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.